This evening we are looking at the second kingdom value in our series of studies on kingdom values. Last week we laid the foundation from Ephesians chapter 4 on why we should be individuals who have these values because we belong to a kingdom. Jesus is our king. This is what he has done for us. He has chosen us. He has redeemed us. He has transformed us. He has given us a hope. And because of what he has done for us, <coughs> he expects us as his children to have these values. Last week we looked at Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, 1 and 2, and we looked at the first value from verse 2, which said, be completely humble. And the next one in that list says, be gentle. And that's our value for this evening, gentleness or meekness, as some translations will put it. The world says that the proud, the tough, and the aggressive, the go-getters, the fighters, the pushers, they are the ones who will inherit the earth. They will say it's the survival of the, fight, of the fittest. But Jesus said, it is the meek who will inherit the earth. Psalm 37 speaks about it. Jesus in the Beatitudes also speak about it. It is the meek who will inherit the earth. Now, meekness is slightly different from humility. Humility is thinking low of yourself in comparison with others. But meekness is actually not thinking of yourself at all. Okay, Then what do you think you may say you know, of yourself? Meekness begins when we put our trust in God first. That is what meekness is. That is why meekness is not weakness, but strength in control. It is not just thinking that the other person you know, is better, but not thinking of yourself at all. I must decrease constantly. That was John the Baptist's desire, isn't it? You know? So the, the issue of a gentle person, a meek person, as he puts God in his life first, thinks about God and the repercussion or the response as a result of putting God first, that is what gentleness is all about. But that's not how the world defines gentleness or meekness, isn't it? The dictionary meaning of uh, uh, meekness is very, very different. Dictionary.com describes meekness as docile, overly compliant, spiritless, yielding, or tame. Webster's Dictionary defines it as mild, deficient in courage, submissive, and weak. That's how the world defines meekness or gentleness. But that's not the understanding when the Bible speaks about meekness and gentleness. The biblical word meanings are quite different. In Greek, there are a couple of words that are used to explain what this word meekness is all about. One of the words you know, which is used is proutes, which connotes a total lack of self-pride to the point of a lack of self-concern. Now, we are living in an age which says, hey, you must be proud of yourself, self-pride, and I am somebody. That's what the world is saying. But biblical gentleness and meekness is saying, I am nobody. Christ is all to me. That is what gentleness and meekness is all about. Another word for you know, 
uh, meek in Greek, which is praos, expresses it as a decided strength of disciplined calmness. That's what gentleness is. Not blowing your top when things are going wrong or people upset you. But knowing that God is in charge, you're putting your trust in God. So it's the Hebrew word for meek is anaw, which refers to someone who is afflicted or bearing a heavy burden. Now, when you say bearing a heavy burden, and it's primarily used here in terms of willingness to endure rather than you know, to succumb. So when people are putting pressure, you are not giving in, you know, but you are standing firm. You are willing to bear that load. You know. That is what you know, meekness is all about. If you notice, you know, Moses, you know, the scripture says that he was the meekest man in all the earth. In the passage of scripture, you know, where you know, this passage is found, we look at that passage. The context of that is when, you know, Miriam comes along and says, hey, how come, you know, you are the one who is the leader, you know. And uh, Moses didn't get upset. He brought it to God. He brought it to God. When one of his own family member, you know, is upset with Moses, you know, he didn't, you know, retaliate back. He was gentle. He was meek. He took that burden and brought it before God. That is what gentleness and meekness is all about. So when you're putting all these word meanings together, gentleness is not a negative thing. It's, in fact, it's so much of a positive thing. You're willing to trust in God. Trust in God as a result, you're calm. Trust in God so as a result, you're willing to carry the burden and believe that God will give you the strength. So what is meekness and what it is not. Number one, meekness is willing to share and sacrifice on behalf of others, on behalf of others. I'm sure once I have explained these Hebrew and Greek meanings to you of the word meekness, it will become clearer to us that this virtue is referring to someone who is willing to share and sacrifice on behalf of others. Now, isn't that something good? Isn't that a virtue? Isn't that something that we would want in our lives? Because after all, Jesus gave us the example, isn't it? So Jesus was a meek person, even though he was God when he was here on earth. You know? The scripture says, come and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly. You know? Jesus himself calls himself as meek. So when you're thinking about meekness, it's basically willingness to share. Willingness to share on behalf of others. You're putting God first, you're putting others next. So weakness, meekness is not weakness. Meekness is not weakness. It doesn't mean that we should uh, retreat from our principles. It doesn't mean that we should surrender our rights. It should not mean that uh, we should cover and uh, uh, go down as it were, look down upon ourselves as it were. No, no. Meek people, knowing who they are, you know, that nothing is going to you know, change their status, change their identity, change their self-worth, are calm, cool, and collective. That is what meekness is, knowing who you are. If you are unsure about yourself, then you get easily upset with, this person said this, this person did this to me. But no, when you have focused your attention on God and you know who you are, then 
you're not upset. You're willing to take that load because you know that God is the one who is in charge. Think for a moment in John chapter 13, when Jesus takes the basin of water and washes the feet of the disciples, none of them were willing to do that. Why? Because just before that passage, they are discussing among themselves who is the greatest. Okay. Now, when Jesus, the greatest among them, was willing to do that, what did it show? Jesus knew by washing the feet of the disciples, thinking of them rather than of himself, his position was not going to change. He was still God. He will still continue to be God. But the disciples were upset. They were worried. If I wash my brother's feet, maybe then I will become low. My status will go. You know, my self-worth will go. No, no, no. Jesus knew who he was. That's what the scripture tells us. Jesus, knowing who he was, where he had come from and where he was going, took the basin of water. So that is what gentleness and meekness is all about. Okay. So we must look forward, if you were to say, to have this type you know, of a character and nature in us. People don't often speak about this. People may speak about humility. Hey, we must be humble. But people don't speak about meekness much. So let's look at a portrait of the meek. In Psalm 37, in verse 11, it says, The meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. From this verse again, Jesus, if you notice in the Beatitudes, the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said the same thing of the meek will inherit the earth. So what are some of the characteristics in chapter 37, Psalm 37, which shows us, you know, who really is a meek person? If you look at verse 5, it speaks uh, now about commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, and he will do this. So the first portrait of a meek person is that they trust in God. They trust in God. Meek people begin by trusting God. They believe that he will work for them and vindicate them when others are opposing them. Biblical meekness is rooted in the deep confidence that God is for you and not against you. The deep-seated trust that God is in charge of your life. Nothing is going to happen to you without his knowledge. And as a result, you don't have to be upset and worried. The second thing you find in the same verse, you know, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he will do it. So it's not only the trusting. Once you're trusting, you're actually uh, no, in practically committing their way to God. That's the second portrait. They commit their way to God. The Hebrew word for commit literally means to roll, okay, to roll. So meek people have discovered that God is trustworthy. So they are willing to roll away their problems, whether it is you know, in studies, whether it is in work, whether it is in you know, their relationships or their health or their fears or their frustrations. Whatever the burdens they are carrying, they are willing to just roll it over to the Lord and say, Lord, you know, this is your problem. I can't handle it. I'm insufficient to cope with all these pressures, but I know I have trust in you. So I'm rolling this over onto your side. What a great relief, isn't it? Instead of carrying that burden, you know, the word commit means roll it over to the Lord. That is what you know, uh, meek people do. Thirdly, you know, according to verse 7, 
It says, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. The third portrait, third characteristic is that they are quiet before God and wait for him. They are quiet before God and they wait for him. They know that God can be trusted. Okay? They know that they have rolled it over to the Lord now. So what do they do? They wait patiently for God to do his work. Once you have rolled it over, don't roll it back. You know? Once you have given it to the Lord, don't take it back. Once you have laid it on the altar and said, Lord, this is you know, the problem that I've been having, I'm giving it over to you, then you wait patiently for him to resolve it. Why? Because you have trusted in him. Why? Because you have committed it to him. That is what a meek person is all about. Fourthly, they don't fret over the wicked. They don't fret over the wicked. The latter part of verse 7 says, do not fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Okay. So, when the wicked are prospering, okay, they are not worried. They are not upset. They are not agitated as it were and say, Lord, I've been waiting for you to solve this, but look at that individual. He's so sinful. He is so corrupt. But he seems to be getting all the benefits. Nothing is happening to me. No, no. The meek person says, Lord, let your will be done. I know you are in charge. You are in control. I trust in you. Isn't that a good virtue? Total peace. No agitation. No fretting. You know? No temper tantrums before God, if you were to say, you know, being upset with him. That is what meekness is all about. God, I know you are in charge. Two examples of meekness, because you may say, you know, hey, is this really possible? Is it humanly possible for a person to be meek? Two examples. The first one is Moses. In Numbers chapter 12 and verse 3, it says, Now the man Moses was very meek above all the men which are upon the face of the earth. You know, remember I mentioned this passage earlier, and we also mentioned how Miriam, if you notice in Numbers 12, 2, and I says, and they said, Miriam and Aaron together came and spoke against Moses. And they said, has the Lord indeed spoken only by Moses? Has he not also spoken by us? And the Lord heard it. And the Lord heard it. The Lord is the one then who defended him. Okay, Isn't that a beautiful picture? When we are willing to say, Lord, it is your problem. I have handed it over to you. You are trusting him for it. Then, when there is opposition, then the Lord himself comes along and defends his own. Okay? That is the benefit of a person who is gentle. The world may walk over him, but if God is on our side, who can be against us? If God is the one who is defending us, no matter whatever forces of darkness can hit us, you know, God is our def defense. He indeed is our shield. Second example is of Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verses 28 and 29, Jesus said, Come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. Okay? Jesus said, Come and learn of me. Now, you want to know how to learn? You know, 
the example that Jesus himself gives is, you know, take my yoke upon you. When you know, uh, an ox had to, you know, start plowing, you know, they used to put a, you know, an older oxen and a younger one together so that they would learn to carry the yoke. The older one will take the initial greater weight and as they walk along, as they plow the ground, you know, slowly the weights will be shifted so that you know, the younger one is able to also bear that weight. That's the learning process. So the Lord is saying, I'm willing to come along your side. You know? Take my yoke, learn from me, let's walk together, I will teach you. That's what Jesus is. That's the invitation that God gives to us. And the examples that we can see in the life of Jesus that we can follow is you know, when he was here on earth, you know, even though he was God, you know, he could have done so much, isn't it? When people opposed him, when people shouted at him, when people cursed him, when people said he is of the devil, when they spat on him, you know. Did he retaliate? Was he upset? No. He was not upset one bit because he knew that he has come to do the will of God. And that was his focus all the time. That was his focus all the time. So remember, meekness is not weakness. He could have called, you know, thousands of angels to come and, you know, knock off all of them. You remember one incident when they came, when the soldiers came to arrest him, you know, and just the words that he spoke, you know, the words that he spoke, what happened? The soldiers fell backwards you know, to the ground. That was the power of his words. So just the words were sufficient to knock them flat. Think of how much more God could have done. But he didn't do it. He didn't do it. It was all in control. It was all in control. Now you may say, but you know, what about the incident where Jesus you know, got upset and uh, threw the money changers and uh, made a whip? Look at that passage. Was they had converted the prayer house into a commercial center? Could he have done something more than that? What he was doing, definitely much more, isn't it? The Bible says he made a whip. Did he, does it say that he actually beat them with it? No, he only shoot them all off. And then it was not just losing his temper, you know, but at the end of it all, he explains why he did it. He says, you know, you have made my house of prayer into a den of peace. So it was not Jesus getting angry and in you know, a sort of in rage, throwing them all out. No, he's, he told them, this is why I'm doing it, because you have converted this place, you know. Why? Because the zeal of the Lord's house, a house of prayer, was converted into a commercial center, okay? So, that's our two examples of Moses and of Jesus. So, I hope, you know, another examples would have been able to help us understand what meekness and gentleness is all about. Fifthly, why is it necessary to be meek? Why is it necessary to be meek? Is it an option, you know, or is it compulsory that every Christian has to be meek and gentle? Number one, meekness actually provides a proof of, their of our salvation. The Bible says the meek will inherit the earth, isn't it? So when people have truly been born again, they recognize their spiritual poverty, you know. Blessed are the poor in spirit. Then they are led to mourn, you know. Blessed are they who mourn and, and uh, after uh, 
righteousness, thirst after righteousness, hunger after righteousness, mourn over sin in their lives, and uh, then it speaks about blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. So this is the progression. Now, when we are poor in spirit, we say, Lord, I cannot do it without you. Then we are seeking his guidance. We are hungering and thirsting for his righteousness. We are mourning our sin in our lives. And then the Lord says, hey, that's a real sign that you are my disciple. That's a real sign that you are indeed born again. So when we are seeing our sin before God, then it creates in us that desire within us to say, Lord, I yield myself to you. So the Lord Jesus says you know, that these characteristics are not, you know, if they are not there, we are not part of the kingdom because the Beatitudes primarily is speaking not about you know, rules and regulations to follow so that you can become a believer. No, it is given to the disciples. In other words, these are a sign of a believer, a sign that you are indeed born again. So the question we must ask ourselves is if meekness in a, is not there in our lives, if gentleness is not there in our lives, in a, if, we are, if you are a self-satisfied Christian who thinks that the lack of gentleness and meekness is just how you are, you, know, you better get used to it because that's how I am, I'm not going to change, you know, then that's a sign that you've never really repented. You're still a proud individual in charge of your life, never really having put God first in your life. So the first important you know, reason why meekness is so important is because this is a sign that we really have been born again. Why? Because we are putting God first in our lives. We are saying, Lord, I'm trusting in you. I've committed my life to you. And that is the proof of our salvation, that we are willing to imbibe the virtue of the Lord Jesus himself in us. Because if Christ is living in us, and if Jesus is a, was a meek person when he was here on earth, he exhibited that virtue, then if he is living in us, we should also be meek and gentle. Secondly, meekness is necessary as an act of obedience, as an act of obedience. Colossians chapter 3 and verse 12 says, Put on then as his chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. Meekness and patience. So meekness is a sign that we are part of the family. Meekness is also a sign because we are a part of the family, we obey. Okay? If this is what God wants of us, so we are saying, Lord, help me to be a meek and gentle person. That's a sign of obedience. Thirdly, meekness is also necessary to receive and understand God's word, to understand God's word. In James chapter 1 and verse 21, it says, therefore put away all filthiness and rampant wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. So in order to receive the seed of the word of God, we must have that type of a heart, the meek heart, the heart that is willing to submit to God. If our hearts are hard, if our hearts are rebellious, if our hearts don't want to yield to God, then we won't really be able to understand God's word. So meekness is so very important. As we open God's word, 
that desire, Lord, teach me. That's the gentle spirit. That's a meek spirit. And that enables the heart to become soft uh, so that it can receive and understand God's word. John chapter 7 and verse 17 tells us, if anyone wants to do God's will, he will know about my teaching, whether it is from God or whether I speak from my own authority. So willingness to submit to what God wants to teach us, that is meekness, that is gentleness, and that's something that we must definitely desire. Number four, meekness is necessary in order to properly teach scripture also. Meekness is necessary to receive from God. Meekness is also necessary to give to people about what God has taught us in his word. 1 Peter chapter 3 and verse 15 tells us, But in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have, but do this with gentleness and respect. The same word, gentleness and meekness. How do we share God's word with others? Not with a high-handed attitude but meekness, you know, not you know, to harm people, not arguing, not fighting with them, because by doing that, you're going to push people away, you know. But as Paul writes to Ephesians in Ephesians 4.15, we must speak the truth in love. That is what meekness is all about. So meekness is to be open to receive from God. Meekness is also exhibited as we share Christ. It is in a gentle manner. Not the question of, I know it, you don't know it. But as we have received, we are willing to share it in a meek and gentle spirit. So don't you see why meekness you know, should be a virtue that should be you know, on our top list, you know, that we should ask God to work this in our lives. So how can we grow in meekness? If by this time you have understood what meekness is and you are saying, Lord, I want to grow in my meek spirit. What are the things that we can do? So to develop meekness, a couple of important things. Number one, to grow in meekness, we must ask God for it. It is a supernatural characteristic. It's one of the fruit of the Spirit, part of the fruit of the Spirit, isn't it? You know? So it is produced by the working of the Spirit of God in our lives. So the Spirit of God is living in our hearts and we recognize, hey, you know, I'm not meek, I'm not gentle, and I don't have that attitude, I don't have that virtue, you know. So we come before God and say, God, produce this fruit in my life. Because remember, fruit is produced internally, isn't it? As we abide in the Lord, the Lord produces that fruit. It is not we exerting to somehow produce that fruit. Fruit is always a byproduct of life in the plant. So meekness is a fruit of the Spirit. So as we come before God and say, God, I realize I have a deficiency in this area. Won't you produce this fruit in my life? Secondly, to grow in meekness, we must yoke ourselves to Christ in discipleship. You, know, you remember that passage we read, Matthew chapter 11 and verse 19. Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke upon you. So allow yourself to be trained by Christ, okay? Each day as you open his word, ask God, God, 
I want to learn of you. Teach me more of yourself. Teach me how you reacted to situations. Lord, this is the situation I'm going through right now. Lord, teach me how I should react. Teach me how you reacted when you were here or not. And as he opened the scriptures, God begins to teach us. You know? So are we allowing ourselves to be trained by God's word? Or are we allowing ourselves to be trained by the world? Thirdly, to grow in meekness, we must also grow in faith. We must grow in faith. In the same way, a wild horse must learn to trust the master in order to be tamed. We must also learn to trust God to grow in meekness. Remember how they tame the animals. You know? Slowly, 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 a wild animal is tamed. Why? Because a wild animal begins to trust its master. You know? No other individual can just come along. You know? the, the, Wild animal would only trust the master once it is tamed. So that is what God wants us to do. As we read you know, in Psalm 37 also, in Psalm 37 verses 10 and 11, David said, evil men will soon disappear. You will stare at the spot where they once were, but they will be gone. But the oppressed will possess the land and enjoy great prosperity. Now, it is easy to look at the people who are prospering in this world, evil people, corrupt people, and say, Lord, what is happening? But meek people grow in faith. How? By putting their trust in God. If you notice another psalm, Psalm 73, you know, Asaf, you know, who was also one of the you know, writers of different psalms, you know, he was also frustrated with this thought. Why are the evil people prospering? You know? Why is the righteous people not benefiting? But the scripture says, you know, when I came into the house of God, I understood their ultimate end and found great strength to persevere. In other words, when he saw things in right perspective, when he became a meek and gentle person, putting God first, trusting in God, then he saw things from a different light altogether. That is what faith is, isn't it? What is faith? We are trusting God. We are not trusting the people. We are not trusting the situation. We are trusting God. And how does faith come? Romans chapter 10 and verse 10 says, Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So as we hear God's word, obey his word, live in his word, our minds become transformed by it. Let me close with you know, a couple of questions. And you know, it's a self-examination you know, this evening to check up, you know, am I really weak? So how can we tell if we are weak? Couple of questions. Number one, do I submit to God and his word? Or do I get angry at God and rebel against him, especially when times are hard? Number two, how do I respond when people accuse or hurt me? In general, do I let God defend me or do I fight for my rights? Martin Lloyd-Jones put it across this way when he said, The test of meekness is not whether we can say we are poor sinners, but what we do when others call us wild sinners. How do you react? That is the test of meekness. Number three, am I righteously angry when people dishonor God and hurt others? 
or am I apathetic when it comes to the honor of God and the pain of others? Remember, meekness is putting God first. So if God's name is being defamed and you do nothing about it, that's not meekness. Meekness stands up for the honor of God. Number four, am I humble or prideful? Am I pursuing the benefit and blessing of others above my own? Or is my prosperity the driving force in my life? Is it important for others to think highly about me? Or am I content with God's pleasure and approval? Let's analyze our lives even this evening in the light of these questions and find out, Lord, am I really meek? If not, if I'm deficient, in this area, let's open ourselves to him even this evening and say, Lord, bring about the fruit of your Holy Spirit, meekness in my life. Take me through situations so that I can put my trust in you and see you at work. Let's bow our heads and pray together.